Amen. Thank you, Brandon. I think I shared with you the other night that was my grandmother's favorite hymn. Um, she's been uh, she's been gone a long time, but there's something every day that she taught me that I use. She died in 1982. This morning. going to uh, talk to you about a risen Savior. I want to talk to you about good news. There's enough bad news in the world. Who agrees with that? Have you heard any bad news lately? This morning, we're not going to hear any bad news. We're only going to hear about a risen Savior. We're also going to eat some chocolate here in a little bit. Somebody brought some chocolate. Don't let me forget the chocolate out at the end. Don't let me forget, because I will. After we serve communion, we will share some chocolate together as well. And again, just... It's an awesome day to be here. Um, again, my grandmother, I didn't plan on talking about her today, but uh, you're talking about a wonderful teacher. She was about five foot... Nothing. And um, one of the sweetest, meekest, mildest people I've ever known. She raised five kids on her own. She raised five kids by herself. And I learned strength from a lady who was five feet nothing and mild and meek is where I learned my strength. And again, thank you again for that song. It's got me uh, ready to tell you some good news. Enough bad news going on in the world. We, uh, we find plenty of things that uh, we can disagree on. <laughs> we don't have to look very hard. And then when we disagree, we don't always... Uh, Show it in a, in a very loving way. But again, this morning, I'm only going to talk about things that we can agree on. I want to take, as a teacher myself, I like to take complex things and simplify them. I'm not smart enough to take the small things and, and, and explain exactly the, 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 the way things work. I can't tell you a whole lot about molecular structure and all, but I can look at that and I can simplify it to where I can understand it and maybe relate it to you. Today, I want to keep things simple and just tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to start by reading from 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Paul writes, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I have proclaimed to you, unless you have come to believe in vain, for I handed out to you as the first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you for this wonderful morning. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for each person here, Lord. I just pray that... Uh, 
As I deliver this lesson, Lord, that you speak through me. If not, you speak in spite of me, Lord. And, and everyone here and everyone listening online receives the good news. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear the good news. Hear the good news. Again, the gospel means good news. When you hear about people telling the gospel, it means good news. Christ has died. Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. When Paul was writing this letter to the church at Corinth, what he had noticed, what he had heard, was after he left them, he'd left them the gospel, he'd left them the good news, the way it should be taught, but what he realized was that some people had come in and they were trying to add to the gospel. Some were trying to maybe take away from the gospel, and Paul wrote this letter to assure people that you cannot take away nor add to the gospel. The gospel is the gospel. The good news is the good news. You see, according to the scripture, that we can believe in it and we can stand on it. But again, there's people out there trying to change the gospel. We see that even today. You see people trying to change the gospel by limiting it, by adding to it or taking away from it. By limiting it, I mean trying to change it in a way that it limits it to people who it's available to. It limits to certain nationalities, certain ethnic groups, certain races, certain people just the way that they're born. It limits, to, it limits the good news to those people. And I'm here to tell you the good news is for everybody. You can't change that. Another way people have tried to change it is by adding to it. In other words, saying, hey, the gospel is the gospel. If you, do the go if you believe in the gospel, but you also do these other things, then you'll be saved. Have you ever heard anybody try to do that? They may say that it's based on certain things that a certain church tells you you have to do. They add to the gospel. They add to the grace that Jesus uh, provided for us through what he did for us on the cross. Uh, it could be... Um, you have to belong to a certain church. You have to believe exactly a certain way. You have to be baptized by, in a certain way. But I'm here to tell you the gospel is the gospel. The good news is the good news. We can't add to it. And the other thing is we can't take away from it. Some people try to take away from the gospel and say, you know, well, there really wasn't a resurrection. It's just an, an, an analogy. It's just a, an allegory. But I'm here to tell you, you cannot take the resurrection away from what we believe. You cannot take the resurrection away from the good news. The good news, the resurrection is what separates us as Christians from pretty much everybody else. I think there's not a whole lot of people that would argue that Jesus was not fully a, a fully man, a fully human being. And some people think he was just a good human being. But for the gospel to be true, we have to believe that Jesus was also divine. He was also fully God. While he was fully human, he was also fully God. And we have to believe this to believe in the gospel. Again, we can't take away from it. Some people will take away from it and say, well, there's really not any atonement. We don't have to ask for forgiveness. We don't have to, but I'm telling you, we got to rely on what Christ is for, on the cross for us. His resurrection, his death and res resurrection is what makes our atonement. Paul writes 
in Galatians 1, 7 through 9. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are confusing you and, and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. From heaven to proclaim to you, contrary to the gospel we proclaim to you, let one be cursed. And we have said before, so I say now and I repeat, if anyone proclaims to you gospel contrary to what you receive, let that one be cursed. The gospel is good news. You see, the gospel demonstrates Christ's love for us. It demonstrates God's love for us. Romans 5, 8 says, But God proves his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel always begins with God's love. The gospel always begins with God's love. We can't earn God's love. God gives it to us freely. And it always begins in God's love. If somebody's trying to tell you a way to be saved besides through the grace and love of, of, of Jesus Christ, don't listen to them. The only way the gospel can start is through the love of, of God. And it's an extreme love. It is a love that it's hard to explain with language. You see, his love is beyond any limits. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. There's no more, no more that can be added to that. You see, his love is beyond our understanding. Remember, I love you and God loves us more than we can even imagine. Have you ever heard that before? Who's heard that? A <laughs> couple times. That's, when I say that, that's what I think. That's what I think is, you know, I love you. I truly love you. And then if you look at what God has done for us, there's no way we can imagine that kind of love. There's no way to imagine it. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that we are. The reason, the, world, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Again, even though it's hard for us to understand the love that Christ has for us, for a non-believer it's impossible to understand. There's no way, they have no foundation to begin to understand it. You see, His love is beyond comprehension. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Are you glad that in spite of our sin and rebellion, God loves us anyway? He loves us anyway. No matter what we've done, God loves us and still offers us that grace. You see, because we have a debt. Our sin has created a debt that we cannot pay. We cannot fulfill that debt. We cannot make it right. But through what Christ did for us on the cross and by Him taking our sins to the grave and then rising again on the third day, our debt has been forgiven. The debt of my sin. The debt of your sin. You see, the wages of death is sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. The only way to pay that debt is through Jesus Christ, by accepting what He has done for us on the cross. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as 
sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned. You see, by his death and resurrection, Jesus paid that debt for us. Again, Romans 5, 8 says, God proves his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us while we were yet sinners. He died for us even though we don't deserve it. He died for us even though we don't deserve that kind of love and compassion. He offers us forgiveness even though we don't deserve it. a matter of fact, on the cross, one of the first things he said is, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was asking the Father to forgive the people who were actually crucifying him. That's how much he loves us. That's who the gospel, the good news, is available to. It's available to everybody. You see, he died in our place. He took the wages of our sin and took our place on the cross. He died for each one of us. He died for us as as the world collectively, every human being, but he died for us personally. Had it just been me, he would have done the same thing. If it had just been you, he loves you so much, he would have done the same thing. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Again, the forgiveness of our sins through his grace. There's no other way. Only through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only by accepting the fact that Christ died for us on the cross. And we have a debt that we can't pay other than putting our faith in Jesus because he's already paid. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, we'll be saved through him from the wrath of God. You see, we shall be saved. When we put our faith in Jesus, we shall be saved. We can't be saved by our good works, even though it is good to do good works. When we have a relationship with Christ, we want to be more like him, which means we do things for other people. We suffer. He suffered for us. We want to suffer for other people. We want to suffer with our time. We want to suffer maybe with our funds that, that helps people that are less fortunate than us, that helps people that need to be helped. That's what we do, but we don't do that to gain our salvation. If we're doing it to gain our salvation, we'll be pretty tired because we can't be good enough. We can only be perfect through the perfection of Jesus Christ. The only way we can have that everlasting life is to put our faith in him. 1 John 2.25 says, and this is what he promised us, eternal life. That everlasting life, that eternal life, is what we're seeking. But again, the only way that we can have it is through a relationship with Christ. We accept him as our Savior, our salvation, is a gift from him. It's not anything we can earn. When we accept that, again, the good works that we do, the things we do for others, is so we'll become more like him, not to earn our salvation. John 10.10 says, A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. As we're striving to be more like Christ every day, and we're taking on the attributes of Christ through his words and through his actions. When we're becoming more like him, that's how we grow our relationship. 
See, it's not always easy because there's still temptation. There's still temptation. And I've told you before, often that temptation comes when we're trying to do the right thing. That temptation comes when we're trying to grow our relationship. So we've got to be strong. We've got to stand in the Word. Again, because our goal is to be more and more like Him. Mark 1.15 says, In saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe in good news. Again, this good news is our salvation. This good news of what Jesus did for, on the cross, this good news of Him offering us salvation is what, the good, it's what it's all about. Again, we cannot be good enough to achieve perfection. But through Christ, and we can lean, lean on His perfection, we can be saved. If there's anyone here, if there's anyone listening who has not entered in that relationship with Jesus Christ, this morning I can't think of a better day to do it. The day that we celebrate a risen Savior. The day that we celebrate, again, what separates us and sets us apart from any other people. Faith in a God that loves us so much that he would suffer and die for us. If anyone's not accepted that grace, I would love for you to do that today. I'd love to pray with you. You can call me, email me. You can come to the altar and pray if you're here. If you're here and you've been struggling, you want to get back on the right path and, and, and start following Christ and be more like him today, if you need somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you today. Again, this is a wonderful church, a wonderful community. We love each other. We lift each other up. We love serving each other. And we're a good example of that good news. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, again, just for being here with us. Lord, thank you for sending your Son. For sending your son to suffer and die and pay the price of our sins, Lord. We know, we understand, we cannot do it on our own. But through a relationship with him, we can have that eternal life. Lord, again, just thank you for this Easter Sunday and for what it means. In Jesus' name, amen.